Thank you for listening to the Daily Sports Report on 88.3 FM Ann Arbor, where the puck drops here. Let's get lost tonight. You could be my black Kate Moss tonight. Play secretary on the ball tonight. And you don't give a f what they all say, right? Awesome, the Christian and Christian Dior. Damn, they don't make them like this anymore. I ask, cause I'm not sure. Do anybody make real anymore? Bow in the presence of greatness. Cause right now, that has forsaken us. You should be honored by my lateness. That I would even show up to this thing. So go ahead, go nuts, go ace. Especially in my pastel on my baby. Act like you can't tell who made this new gospel. Homie, take six and take this. Haters. Radio is king of the media. I suppose our youngsters would say cornball or square. And now, CBN Radio brings you... But all the, all the broadcast uh, uh, media can do, you give them a sense of flavor. Vegetable. It's digestible. It's delicious and nutritious, bite-sized and ready to eat. It's made with real egg formula. And here's a nice-looking record package in from New York. I woke up this morning with broadcasting on my mind. WCBN. America's ace of the airways. This instrument is good for nothing but to entertain, amuse, and insulate. And we will soon see that the whole struggle is lost. And believing that radio has a responsibility to serve in the public interest at all times, we are turning over our facilities to the state militia trench. <laughs> WCBN FM. Ann Arbor. BN FM. WCBN FM. WCBN FM. Ann Arbor. WCBN FM. Ann Arbor. WCBN Ann Arbor. A very pleasant, peaceful feeling. You relax deeper and deeper each downward count of my voice, ten. Relaxing deeper, nine, letting the body gently begin to sink deeper, eight. 8.3. Yes, it's like a push-button radio, you see. 24 hours a day. Whether you like it or not. Oh, we're limited to a 500-mile radius now, but we're working to extend that limit.
Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley and Jim Dwyer, I have a hunch, has the uh, the night off. I couldn't get to my phone today because there was some unexpected construction going on in my, uh, in my house that I wasn't planning on, so I never got to check those messages, but uh, this time of year, Jim, because uh, he teaches uh, high school at Huron High, has school obligations that uh, man mandate his absence. Well, anyway, Ann Arbor, uh, <laughs> wet, rainy day again. Uh, starting to feel kind of like Costa Rica out there again. Humid and warm. Well, Obama today uh, introduced, uh, while in a speech, uh, talked about... Uh, a balanced approach to dealing with the jobs proposal and the tax uh, issue. Uh, this, of course, is at an impasse, I think, politically. Um, Congress is simply not going to cooperate. Uh, and it's unfortunate because uh, basically we have completely conflicting philosophies here about how to create jobs and uh, where to create jobs. We'll have a, a little discussion tonight of uh, what I'm going to feature on Gray Matters for Oh, many weeks into the future now. I call it peridocracy. <laughs> and that is a, uh, oh, an ad 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 addressing the issues that uh, Rick Perry uh, brings up in uh, presidential debates and on the campaign stump. Uh, he, of course, is trying to promote a false idea that uh, somehow he, as uh, governor of Texas, created jobs because of his... Uh, his uh, free market uh, ideology and low taxes and deregulation and these sorts of things when uh, most of the truth is just the opposite. A very interesting analysis of the Texas job boom uh, done, uh, oh, just about a month ago by Clifford Krauss uh, entitled The Texas Job Boom, Crediting a Leader or Luck. And it does a rather interesting analysis of uh, Texas's uh, economic uh, situation under Rick Perry. A couple of interesting points that I'd like to uh, highlight in this article. It shows, of course, that uh, Texas has a slightly higher growth rate than the United States overall, but not much. It's only a 0.2 percent, which is a very low figure indeed. Unemployment as of June uh, 2011 was 8.2 compared to the American rate of 9.2. And uh, minimum uh, wage jobs, uh, low-income workers in Texas, of course, is what uh, Texas actually leads the nation in. And it notes, uh, in contrast to the high economic growth of Texas, that uh, Massachusetts, which, of course, has uh, mandated health care and is part of the sort of highlighted uh, contrast between Mitt Romney and uh, Rick Perry. I, I don't think there's any question these are the two front run, uh, front runners in the Republican nomination. I see Ron Paul uh, maintaining a certain support level within the uh, primary system that the Republicans have um, set up, but he's never going to break out into uh, front-runner status, and he probably won't win a single state in any of the primaries, but he has enough money and a kind of, uh, <laughs> uh, well, let's call it far-out position on some issues that will keep him 
uh, endeared to many in the Republican Party. Some of this is uh, what we call Tea Party philosophy. Some of it is just pure uh, old-fashioned libertarianism uh, as uh, his position on social issues is uh, completely out of sync with the uh, Republican Party. And certainly his foreign policy position uh, is more aligned with uh, actual liberals than the Democratic Party. Interesting that uh, Ron Paul and Barney Frank over a year ago proposed uh, cutting uh, the Pentagon budget about $100 billion, bringing the troops home from various uh, uh, stations around the world, particularly uh, places like Western Europe, Japan, Korea, those sorts of places, something that we've been advocating here on Gray Matters for uh, many a decade. Uh, but getting back to Rick Perry and the Massachusetts contrast, it's interesting to note, as Clifford Krauss does in the article, that Massachusetts' economy has been uh, even stronger. It has a lower unemployment rate in June and a growth rate of 4.2% compared with 2.8%. So one wonders if the governor of uh, Massachusetts, Deval Patrick, should be out uh, tooting his own horn the way Rick Perry is. Haven't heard too much from Deval Patrick, but uh, Massachusetts' economy, of course, is uh, tends to be a high a high tech oriented uh, based economy that's that's more suited for the actual future of of where America's uh, needs to go, must go, but alas, will not go uh, given the impasse that we have in Washington. You need to think of the uh, economic ideas that the president is advocating versus the uh, Republican Party is sort of like the Dr. Doolittle push-me-pull-you uh, creature, uh, a two-headed horse that's uh, going in opposite directions and going nowhere. And uh, America, of course, is not in a recession. This is important to uh, note. Growth is weak, and the private sector is creating some jobs, but not enough to counteract the job cuts that are occurring in the public sector. For instance, a couple of months ago, facing a $27 billion deficit uh, over a two-year budget period that Texas operates under, uh, Mr. Krauss, in his article uh, from the 16th of uh, August in the New York Times, notes that Perry called lawmakers into a special ses session and insisted that they not raise taxes. The Republican-dominated legislature, compliant, slashed billions of dollars in aid to public schools. The article goes on to note, as one uh, expert, Bernard L. Weinstein, associate director of McGuire Energy Institute at SMU in Dallas, says he's been lucky. Obviously, neither the governor nor public policy has pushed oil prices up. And clearly the technological innovation has created a whole new industry in Texas. Obviously there is some high tech in Texas. But let's face it, these uh, inventions and in the industry that itself is, is primarily based in uh, university-dominated uh, areas of the America. Silicon Valley is where most of these companies are actually based. And, uh, of course, uh, the Harvard uh University system around Boston, Massachusetts is another hub. We also talk about the Triangle in North Carolina, for instance, as well as uh, a, a town like Ann Arbor that has, of course, small-scale uh, uh, high-tech companies 
that are mainly engaged in software. What's interesting about Texas's uh, economic miracle, quote-unquote, <coughs> excuse me, is that it's been reliant actually on the following. Heavy federal spending, an increase in oil prices, tight regulation on mortgage practices. And the article goes on to note, for instance, that uh, during the Bush era, federal spending um, in Texas, because it's the home of uh, part of the NASA uh, institution, and uh, has many large army bases, doubled over a 10-year period to over $200 billion a year. So it'll be very interesting to see if the uh, joint committee that they've created in Congress to come up with the budget cuts will come up with uh, massive federal spending cuts to Texas in particular. We now know, of course, that the space shuttle... um, program has pretty much been canceled, and uh, NASA, of course, is taking some hits. The beneficiaries, by the way, of NASA spending in particular, which is a component of the budget of about $16 billion, those are the last numbers I actually checked, benefit Texas, Alabama, and Florida, but very few other states. Um, Rick Perry had nothing to do with the development or the basing of NASA in Houston, Uh, That was actually courtesy of Lyndon Johnson, uh, the president that succeeded John F. Kennedy, who fulfilled his goal of uh, going to the moon. (coughs) Excuse me. The article also notes, and I just wanted to quote this, uh, because I think this is important in understanding that real estate, uh, unlike the boom in the 80s, which was based on an increase in the price of oil, created a bust in Texas. Texas, of course, had massive um, savings and loan and uh, fraud, and um, its economy collapsed when oil prices went way down in the late 80s. It was not a, uh, a function of anything that Ronald Reagan did. It was actually a deliberate policy of the Saudi government, and they were engaged in, a, in, in the uh, Iran-Iraq war and wished to damage Iran. They were allied with Saudi, with uh, Iraq, as was the United States. And the uh, rapid decline in oil prices in the late 80s, which had nothing to do with either declining demand or improved energy efficiency in the United States, or any of Ronald Reagan's energy ideas, were actually based on the oil cartel, uh, known as OPEC, uh, dominated by Saudi Arabia and the Gulf states, which of course are uh, allies of the United States in a sort of symbiotic relationship in which uh, we buy oil, they take their petrodollars, invest a certain amount of money in uh, the Western economy, but more importantly, they buy an enormous number of arms. And this petrodollar recycling of capital is always a very important thing to pay attention to in the global economy. Well, uh, Clifford Krauss in his article, and I'll quote this paragraph, says, after word, a succession of governors, uh, he's talking about the crash in uh, Texas, because Texas had, quote, digested the lessons of the recession of the late 1980s. When oil prices plummeted, real estate prices crashed, and the savings and loan institutions failed and required a federal bailout. Afterward, a succession of governors, 
which of course included Ann Richards. Uh, Bill Clement, I think, was uh, one of them. Uh, some Democrats, uh, a guy named Mark White, uh, another Democrat, and uh, George Bush, <laughs> George W. Bush. And mayors worked for business leaders to diversify the economy, and the legislature enacted tight restrictions on mortgage lending, which helped Texas avoid the kind of real estate bubble that devastated uh, states like Florida and Arizona. So when Perry talks about deregulation in this sort of knee-jerk fashion, he's not even uh, willing to admit that his own state benefited from tight regulations that were instituted by the political leaders of Texas in the 1990s. And, of course, um, his sort of uh, rehashed version of Reaganomics um, will sell to a certain constituency within our country. But uh, there has been no evidence put forth forward in any uh, legitimate academic paper that I've ever seen or any book that I've actually read that shows that there's any connection between tax cuts and job creation. Job creation, in some instances, is created by government, and in other instances is created by tax incentives and uh, technology innovation, but it's fundamentally about demand, and it's about the ability of consumers to buy products. And uh, we've heard a lot in the last couple of days uh, about class warfare. Class warfare. This is going to be a term that we hear frequently uh, over the next year. I think it's kind of a phony uh, accusation uh, made against uh, President Obama. Because the class warfare that's actually been taking place in America... There's been a class warfare on the working class and the poor. And this has been going on since the mid-1970s. Uh, this is actually when poverty, for instance, uh, went to its all-time low. We hear often that the war on poverty didn't work. That's a uh, recycled mantra that we hear as, almost as often as the um, stimulus package didn't work. We hear this repeated uh, in the Republican debates over and over by virtually every candidate. And it's false. Uh, Experts have noted that the stimulus package did work. It didn't work as successfully as it should have because it wasn't big enough. And it's interesting to note, by the way, that China instituted a stimulus package that was twice as large as the United States. And, of course, their economic uh, growth has maintained a very uh, high uh, rates. So in the article, uh, the uh, while the unemployment rate in Texas is 8.2, a full percent below the national rate, quoting again here from Clifford Krauss, it still is much higher than other boom states like North Dakota and Wyoming. Now, North Dakota and Wyoming may be called boom states, but they have very small numbers of people living in them. And one of the final reasons that Texas has had an economic bump, so to speak, in the economy has nothing to do with Rick Perry whatsoever. It has to do with immigration and uh, the immigration policy, uh, some of it legal, some of it illegal. Texas has grown in population, so uh, some of their economic growth there is not a function of any uh, macroeconomic ideas that Rick Perry either is articulating or believes in. They're just simply a function of aggregate population 
which uh, Texas, of course, is the second largest state and has grown uh, considerably in the last decade. None of these ideas, for the record, have anything to do with Rick Perry's idea or ideas about macroeconomics. So we'll continue to focus on Rick Perry in a feature that we are going to call from now on Perrydocracy. Um, one other quick comment about Rick Perry and the last presidential debate. I didn't actually see it, but I heard the big brouhaha about the human papanola virus uh, and the vaccination program that he apparently instituted using an executive order. Michelle Bachman will give her a brain damage award. Um, simply doesn't have the science right on that. And while there may have been some uh, policy issues, you know, the executive order versus going through the legislature and the the political process and all that other nonsense, uh, for Perry to backtrack on something like that when uh, he was probably right in the first place uh, demonstrates that he is still mm, not that willing to stand up for principle at the end of the day. He's just another politician that needs to pander to his constituents that he thinks are out there and certainly are in the Republican Party. But whether this translates over to uh, the uh, general election will be very interesting indeed. But it's fascinating that this virus vaccination controversy uh, has uh, actually hurt Perry a little bit amongst the far right. Now, whether Michelle Bachman can take advantage of it I wouldn't count on it. Um, she's uh, peaked a long time ago, um, and uh, I suspect, even though she may uh, indeed win the Iowa, Iowa caucuses, that will be the fascinating story of the year, can she win Iowa? Um, that'll keep her in the race for a while. I uh, am getting a gathering sense that the big money within the Republican Party is, is, is going to parry going to Romney, and uh, it does appear at the end of the day that the also-rans will eventually be forced out of the uh, out of the picture. Now, <clears throat> a couple of uh, months ago, or actually, take that back, a month ago, Joe Nocera, who's recently uh, become a regular columnist, uh, on the editorial page of the New York Times, he used to have a business uh, column, wrote a, a co-wrote a book uh, that I actually read a couple of uh, months ago with uh, Bethany McLean, a fabulous uh, reporter who apparent, uh, sometimes appears on public television um, when Frontline will do a uh, featured documentary on the financial crisis. Bethany McLean uh, exposed the uh, shenanigans of Enron and predicted the uh, housing disaster uh, many years ago. And I'm drawing a blank on the name of the of the outstanding book that they published, but uh, Jonas Erico wrote this book. And I wanted to quote something from this column that I think is hitting the nail on the head here about what uh, what really needs to happen. He opens up the column by talking about the German situation and how Germany was able to weather the economic storm uh, much better than uh, other Western, advanced Western economies, uh, even though their banks are exposed 
to some degree to the sovereign debt problem that um, is beleaguering uh, Western Europe. Over the next couple of months, you're going to hear endless stories about Greece, Italy, Spain, Ireland. Uh, they're known uh, collectively these days as the pigs. Portugal is thrown in there. Portugal, Ireland. Yeah, you get it. Greece, Spain, uh, those problems. But Italy is uh, turning out to have uh, problems that are almost uh, in excess of, of, of uh, Spain and certainly uh, in the neighborhood of Greece in terms of the fact that the, the black market in both Greece and Italy is an enormous component of the total economy. And their, their economies and the inability of their uh, nation states, sovereign debt is very important to distinguish from um, private debt or corporate debt. Um, corporations, of course, raise capital uh, presumably for productive purposes, but frequently not. Frequently they raise capital to buy other companies and lay people off. Uh, Mitt Romney's a sort of an expert at that, Bain Capital. Uh, but corporations raise capital uh, in a sort of a textbook uh, meaning of the word to buy and expand operations. And they do that by uh, issuing bonds. Bonds are basically promises to pay. And, of course, the sovereign debt market is, is, is a nation-state issuing bonds. This is how the United States finances its own deficit. And we've talked down here uh, over the years uh, about the distinction between debt, sovereign debt, American debt, uh, who owns it, how much is it, versus the deficit. The deficit is the budget shortfall between uh, taxes collected and... Um, government money spent. And we're having a big discussion uh, over the last couple of weeks about the uh, Warren Buffett proposal. Warren Buffett has courageously, uh, he's got an estimated uh, value of uh, wealth of about $50 billion, has, uh, I think, wisely noted that he pays less in taxes than anybody that uh, works with him in his office. He says that his effective tax rate is only 17%. And he is advocating a uh, tax increase to uh, deal with the deficit. Barack Obama, of course, has awarded um, <clears throat> uh, Warren Buffett. This was a number of months ago. Saw this kind of randomly on television. Uh, he was uh, actually at a ceremony with Stan Musial, Bill Russell, and another other notable people. Um. My engineer, Andrew, is uh, letting you know that you are listening to Gray Matters here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Warren Buffett's advocated a uh, tax increase for people making over a million dollars and then another tax increase for people making over $10 million. He falls in the latter category, of course. Wants this money to be collected by the government to reduce the deficit. Now... Warren Buffett is known as a frugal man. He apparently still drives a uh, Chevrolet, not a limo. And he is fully aware that he cannot spend all that money that he's got. Uh, in fact, he gives quite a bit of it away. He works with Bill Gates, for instance, another multi-billionaire who can't possibly spend the money he's got. And 
it's quite well known in uh, Keynesian economic uh, macro uh, theory that the, the way to really get this economy going is to get more spending power into the lower middle class and middle class households of our country. Warren Buffett has talked about household formation as being one of the fundamental problems with the American economy. And Joe Nocera in his column says, what is business waiting for? They're hoarding cash. They're not investing. They're not hiring people. And we hear this constant refrain that business's problem is that Barack Obama has created so much uncertainty in the economy about regulation and about taxes and that they can't possibly invest any money uh, in hiring more workers. Well, this is rubbish. Uh, what, what's creating the uncertainty is the inability of the uh, working class and the m lower middle class and the middle class to buy things. Uh, on September 12th, for instance, the Wall Street Journal had a really interesting article showing the declining middle class income and the rising income disparity that goes back to the 1970s, and that this accelerated in the 1980s under Ronald Reagan when income was redistributed upward. It was often called trickle-down economics. It was no such thing. It was trickle-up economics. Money went out of the working class into the pockets of the rich. And, of course, this went up uh, once again in the 90s. But the 90s boom was not created by tax policy of Bill Clinton. He actually increased taxes on wealthy people. It was created more by the uh, technology boom that uh, the products uh, related to the Internet, uh, many of which, by the way, were uh, developed by government spending in the first place. Uh, NASA, for instance, is a very, very conspicuous government program that's frequently been targeted um, by liberals and even conservatives as an example of wasted money, and that going to the moon was a big waste of money. Well, yes and no. Um, Jim, uh, Jim and I, one of our favorite movies of all time, of course, is the 2001 Space Odyssey, which shows some of the unbelievable um, innovations that were occurring in, uh, in uh, space technology. Uh, Stanley Kubrick worked with NASA to make this movie in 1968. It's just an incredible movie to contemplate that this was made before we actually landed on the moon. The Internet was originally a, a science email system. Um, that's how we got these technology developments in the late 19, in the, in the 1990s. And that's, again, when uh, incomes, disparity, income inequality went way up. Totally different than the tax policy ideas of, of Ronald Reagan, who took 15 different rates and compressed them into three. And when Warren Buffett points out that uh, rich people are only paying 15% for capital gains, um, and basically Obama and Warren Buffett want to uh, equalize this out a bit, it's called class warfare. Uh, another interesting thing that I've heard in the last couple of weeks repeatedly on the, uh, on, on the, on the uh, radio and television and in the newspaper is that poor people and working people are not paying income tax. And, they, and they, they're not paying enough in taxes themselves. Well, this is nonsense. What they overlook, for instance, is, for instance, if you rent an apartment, and most of uh, many of the people in the working class and middle class rent apartments, they're paying property taxes. They're, only an idiot landlord would not uh, include the uh, 
cost of the property taxes and the rent expense that you have. If you live in Alabama or Louisiana,